She's alive. Alive! Hey guys, just up top we want to let you know that this episode does talk about sexual assault and rape, so here's your trigger warning. We'll include some timestamps in the description for those who would like to skip ahead. What's up you guys and welcome to the Ghoul Gang. I'm Grace. And I'm Ellie. Bam, down, down. You know what that sound means. It means the confirmation of the third Rob Zombie. (laughs) The third installment of the House of a Thousand Corpses trilogy. Yes. Three from Hell. Confirmed by Bloody Disgusting and Rob Zombie himself. Yep. And he posted a picture of, I would assume, the director's director's chair. chair. Yeah. Yeah. And it, in my opinion, the director's chair means it's going to be an excellent film. <laughs> if you can gauge such a thing by a chair. And you can. You can. Fact. <laughs> you can and you have. You can and you will. Ooh. So, okay. here we are. Um, in another tent. In my tent. At my house. And it's good because we can actually fit under your dining room table. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Unlike mine, which is a shit show. Nope. Scout. Keep out. No scouts allowed. And there's, once again, animals trying to get into the fort. But that's, you know, to be expected. So I actually have a lead-in question for you for once. Woo! And we all know that when I do the lead-in questions, they're not strong. That's okay. But my question for you is, do you believe in any superstitions? And if so, which ones? And why? God, I am so superstitious. Like, I always make a wish at 11-11. Okay. And then I have to look away. And if I look back and it's still 11-11, then the opposite of my wish will come true. Oh, really? But if I look back and it's 11-12, then my wish will come true. Okay. I didn't... Okay. I never... I, I don't know if that's the rules, but those are you the rules. You made it up. Yeah. Those They're are the rules my... in your head. Yeah. Yeah. I don't okay. believe in, like, black cats or anything like that. Um, like I ladders. I, w- I would never step under a ladder. Okay. Mirrors? No, I've broken like so many okay, mirrors. Okay, same. But I also haven't had the best luck. So who knows? Who knows? You might be... Um, and my mom always said, when you drop your silverware, it means company's coming. Interesting. Yeah. It's like a witch thing. Okay. Witch fam. The witches! I'm not very superstitious. No? No. I don't give a shit about ladders. I don't... What about full moons? No. I, I don't really care about... I Which is bizarre. Like, you'd think that knowing There's me... There's, like, evidence of full moons. I think that... But I don't think that's a superstition. Oh, I think that full like moons affect, the, affect earth. the earth. Yeah. I think that shit is science. Well, they do. They affect the tides, which in turn yeah. affect us because we are made of quite water. a bit of water. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I don't take things like that super, seri- super seriously. Super seriously. Super seriously. Super seriously. Um, like walking on cracks or I. Oh, yeah. I don't care about stuff that. Stuff like shit. that. I don't care about that. No. I I do throw salt over my shoulder. I only do it when I'm cooking. I guess I I try not to open umbrellas inside. Oh, no, me either. For some reason, that's, like, the worst one. Yeah. I also, um... I think some jackassery happens on Friday the 13th. Yes. But I think it's because people intentionally do it. Yes. Um, what are we talking about today? Mm, it's Grace's topic pick today. Yeah, we've got another haunted city of the South, y'all. We did Savannah, and now we're covering New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans is how... I always remember in Breakfast at Tiffany's, she would call, New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. I've never been there. Me either. I would love to go there. Yeah. I feel like it would be especially awesome to go to around Halloween time. Yes. Absolutely. It's one of those cities that just has a rich history of ghosts. Yeah, and we're getting back to some good old ghosts. So we're going to talk about some of the most haunted places in New Orleans. And we're going to talk about... Some of the most infamous figures. Yeah. That's for damn sure. All right. You start. Okay. So I am going to start with the Sultan's House, otherwise known as the 
Gardet La Prette House. Okay, there's a lot of French in New Orleans, so please bear with us. We are from Chicago. And we're doing our best. <laughs> okay, so this is coming from our beloved prairieghost.com, as you can tell from my <laughs> apricot background on my printed pages. Okay, so one of the French Quarter's most imposing buildings has always been a part of the city's legends and mysteries. According to stories, it was once the scene of a brutal rape and violent bloodshed. Jesus Christ. Tragedies that still linger behind as a haunting. Yeah, this was written by Perigus. Oh, my God. <laughs> the home was constructed in 1836, so pre-Civil War, by a wealthy Creole man named Jean-Baptiste Lepret, and it was a luxurious mansion that was rivaled by a few other houses in the middle 1800s. But, unfortunately, the wealth and power of many of these families started to decline in the second half of the century. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing a little something called the... Uh, Civil War happened. Yeah, and maybe the South didn't do so hard. The South did not do so hard. Okay, that's what I thought. You know they call that the War of Northern Aggression. They sure do, and the South will rise. Again. Again. (laughs) God. You know what I want to say right now, but I'm not going to. Everybody knows what she wants to say. I'm not going to say it. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm so proud of you. You're welcome. Watch my history. What? What? Okay, so Lepret was one of those who lost much of their fortune and found what he oh found that he was forced to rent out his wonderful home. One of his tenants was a mysterious Turkish man who claimed to be a deposed sultan of some distant land. The Turk bought with him a fortune in gold and established a line of credit at all of the banks. He used his wealth to transform the Creole house into an eastern pleasure palace. Ew. That sounds gross. That sounds gross as hell. (laughs) The doors and windows were covered and blocked. Uh, Heavy incense filled the air and men paroled patrolled the grounds with curved daggers in their belts. It is Aladdin. Yeah. It's Aladdin. I just bought a new knife set, and one of the knives looks just like an Aladdin knives, and my roommate wheeled it around the apartment for 20 minutes singing A Whole New World, so. <laughs> That's from The Little Mermaid. Oh, no. You're, I'm wrong. I'm thinking, look at this stuff. Yeah. No. Isn't it neat? Part of that world. Yes. Okay. A whole Understandable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Understandable. Understandably so. Yeah. Okay. Um... And my sister was singing that in an Instagram story yesterday. Oh, God. So that's I why. I was like, I, did you see the moment of sheer terror on my face? You I was were like, like <laughs> <laughs> is that not from Aladdin? Oh, my God. <laughs> if there's one thing I know, it's my Disney songs. God damn it. Yeah, you're damn right it is. Um, okay, so the iron gates around the property were chained and locked, and the house became a virtual fortress. Damn. A harem was moved into the house, uh, you know. This is where the Pleasure Palace part comes in. Okay, all right. Consisting of women of all ages and sizes, and even young Arab boys were used to fulfill the Turks' less seemly desires. Oh, no. I'm sorry, guys. This is gross. It's getting dark. Uh-huh. Um, but one night, everything was destroyed. <laughs> one morning, neighbors passing by the house noticed that trickles of blood were running out from under the iron gates. Holy shit. The authorities were summoned, but in the night, oh, but could raise no one. So they forced open the doors and went inside. At some point in the night, a massacre had taken place. Shit. Blood splattered the floors and the walls. This is, tr- this is true, right? Yes. Shit. Um, headless bodies and amputated limbs were scattered about. Oh. And all of them had been butchered by a sword or axe. The bodies and limbs were scattered about in such a way that no one could learn which body parts belonged to which person. (laughs) That is a game of Tetris. That's like when they built the perfect boyfriend in American Horror Story. You're absolutely correct. And the horror didn't stop with murder. The beautiful harem girls, the Arab boys, and even the guards were raped and subjected to vile sexual assaults. We should put a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode. Okay. (laughs) Jesus. The scandal was so horrendous that the details of that night have still not been chronicled completely to this day. Because it was so fucked up. Who who did it? Well, keep... Let's keep... 
listening. The Turk's mutilated body was found in the garden where he had been buried alive. Holy shit, that is, that, ugh, I don't even like thinking about oh, that Oh man, the identity of the murderers and rapists have never been discovered. Some say they were members of some pirate's crew who had the who had business with the mysterious sultan. It's New Orleans, it's a port town, and pirate's slogan is rape and pillage. That is exactly what happened Don't here. you think they would have left behind some sort of kerchief with a <laughs> skull and crossbones on it if Abs- it was them? You're absolutely right. I'm absolutely correct. Okay. Uh, pirate business. Pirate business. Some say the crimes were the work of the Turks' own family, seeking revenge for the theft of the family wealth. Oh, shit. But I don't imagine we will ever really know. What we do know is that the Leprette house is a very haunted one and remains so until this day. Residents of the house have seen figures wearing strange Middle Eastern clothing and have heard the sound of footsteps in the hallways and screams echoing inside of the rooms. Well, yeah, of course. As if the terrible events of yesteryear are still taking place to this day. Can you imagine how much trauma in one space... And it was, and it was so enclosed, right? Like right. that, it was, it was almost made was to ju- be a haunting, right? It was just a slaughter. It's basically what happened. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. When stuff like that happens, I, f- it has, it. In my opinion, it had to be someone who knew that they were there. Do oh, you know of what course. I mean? Which is why I was saying not to blame the pirates, because I feel like, well, no, but they say pirates who had business with him because oh, he okay. came over on a ship. Okay. That, yeah. That makes sense. That's then. what a lot of New, Orle- New Orleans is a mix of Spanish, French, and Africans brought over during the slave trade. Right. Like, so that's what Creole uh-huh. is. Creole is the coolest accent ever. And Baba Creole, daddy. I could have no idea I- how to. <laughs> It's second to the South African accent, in my opinion. Ooh, South Africa. African. (laughs) Um, I love it. I love that accent. I love a Creole accent. It reminds me of Renee from True Blood. I was just going to say, he does it so well. He does it really well. Or does he? I don't know. We're not from New Orleans, but I think that he does a really good job. All right, let's let's keep the really uh, horribly upsetting vibe going strong. Oh, I mean, I'm down. (laughs) And uh, let's do the LaLaurie Mansion. Ooh, yeah. bloody. Not great. Um, not the best. But uh, why are people so obsessed with the LaLaurie Mansion? Well, it could have something to do with the medical experiments and torture that went on inside the building. Yeah, there was some Frankenstein shit going on yeah, in there. Yeah, there was some real Frankenstein shit going on there. Um or it might have something to do with the volume of ghost stories and accounts of the hauntings from those people who've stayed in the LaLaurie mansion. And, fun fact, Madame and Monsieur LaLaurie mm-hmm. vanished after this was found out. No one ever saw or heard from them again. Or was she buried in the ground? Like American Horror like Story American said. Horror Story. <laughs> um... So before uh, we get into the ghosts and hauntings, which are widely reported, we should start by telling you who Madame Lolaurie was. And this is coming from ghostlady.com, by the way. Ghostlady.com. Ghost slutty, everybody. Ghost slut. Buy a shirt. Buy a shirt. Yeah, buy a shirt. People are buying shirts. Buy a shirt. Buy a shirt. Buy a shirt. Hey, you should buy a shirt. Okay. So the woman who became infamous as the cruel mistress of the haunted house was born Marie Delphine McCarty. Um, you should see the neck movement that is going on <laughs> while Ellie is reading this. She is reading it as the most like confident, sassy woman. All <laughs> I'm right. really feeling myself. I took a three hour nap after work. Okay. <laughs> um, she was born on March 19th, 1787 to... Ooh! Listen. That's very soon. That's in like three days oh, from yeah. when this I was like... Happy birthday, girl! Yeah, happy... I was going to be like, Grace, I don't mean to alarm you, but that was some, like, 400 years ago. No! (laughs) That was really soon. It's coming up on Tuesday. Yes. She was born to parents whose names I'm not going to attempt to pronounce. Okay, good. Okay, you guys, I'm sorry. We are not French. I'm not French. Um, (laughs) I am not French. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> that was good. It's just the way you dropped that into the sentence. I am not frog. Okay. I'm the crab from The Little Mermaid. <laughs> Sebastian. Sebastian. Yeah. Was he Creole? <laughs> I, I think I think he was Creole. I don't know what he was. He was Creole for sure. Oh, yeah, this is going off the rails. Okay. <laughs> Let us know, Sebastian the fan. Sebastian fanatics. <laughs> Sebastian the crab fanatics. He um, is he Creole <laughs> or Jamaican? Stop making me crazy. Okay, let's okay, go. let's go on. I digress. Okay, sorry, Delphine. I'm sorry. Um, Delphine was a member of the large, wealthy, and politically powerful McCarty clan. Her family included military officers, planters, and merchants, and had already um, arrived. And they so they had arrived relatively early during the French colonization period. So they were one of the first people to get to New Orleans. Cool. Um, many of her relatives owned and managed extensive real estate and slaves. Yes, makes a lot of sense. Yes, it does. Um, as her surname indicates, her family originated in Ireland. Uh oh. Um, legend has it that the family patriarch fled Ireland to France to escape the political and religious tyranny imposed by England's monarchs. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you left Ireland to come and be bastards. Yeah. Sure. Well, no, they left Ireland probably when she was a kid and right. fled to France, and then they immigrated to the U.S. with a whole bunch of slaves. Fuck. Okay. Um, the first child of these parents, that I'm not going to try and pronounce, was named Louis, and he was born in 1783. Marie followed, blah, 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 blah. Don't need her family tree. No. Interestingly, her baptismal record was not entered into the sacramental register until December 26, 1793, almost five years after her birth. Interesting. So, generally, the Catholic Church only did this when the infant in question was close to death. Oh, so maybe she was really... Maybe she had brain damage. Maybe. Maybe she was dropped on her head as a kid. Head trauma, y'all. Head trauma, for sure. Um, So, anyway, this kind of goes into her marriages. Um, She married three times. Whoa. Um... That's rare for back then. Yes, especially if you're Catholic. Yeah. Um, so she married Don Ramon de Lopez y Anguilla. <laughs> Anguillo. Is that all one name? Don Ramon de Lopez y Anguillo. Okay. A caber- caballero de... Caballero. A caballero de Royal de Carlos, a high-ranking Spanish officer in the St. Louis Cathedral. Y'all... <laughs> Please, please forgive me. We should have put it up front with the trigger warning. We can't pronounce shit in this episode. I'm so sorry. And I I know that it's really shitty. I'm an American, and I'm sorry for being a shitty American who can't pronounce French and Spanish names. You're not shitty. I'm trying my best, you guys. Um, Respect yourself. Respect yourself. Um, Okay, so he died. They don't, oh, really, okay. they don't really know anything, but he went on... She probably killed him. No, he went on a journey. Oh. Like, he went on, like, a voyage and died. Which um, I bet was fairly common yeah. back then. So when he was gone, she gave birth to their daughter. Okay. Named Marie Borgia Delphine Lopez y Anguilla de la Candelaria. Nailed it. <laughs> and her nickname was Borquita. Much easier. Porquita, um, my darling Porquita. Um, they're staying in Spain. Okay, so they were in Spain when she married him. Okay. Apparently. Whatever. It's not important. Um, they, he died. It was mysterious. They don't know what happened to him. So then um, Delphine and Borquita went back to New Orleans. Went then, back to New Orleans? Or went there initially? Went back. So they were in New Orleans. Uh-huh. Moved to Spain. Moved to Spain. Came, came back. back. Got yes. it. Um, Delphine's second marriage was to, whatever, he was a dude, he did a lot of stuff. Um, they married in 1808, blah, 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 they bought her a house. Very comprehensive show we have going on. Yes, 100%. I mean, do you guys really care? Let's get to the good shit, okay? So, And by good shit, we mean horrible horrible shit. Um, so his name was Jean Blanc, um, and then they had four kids. Okay. Together. Marie, Louise... Marie again, <laughs> and John. She had two kids with the same damn name. And Marie, wasn't that her name? 
Marie Louise yeah. Pauline, Louise Marie Loray, Marie Louise John, and John Pierre Paulin. She just shuffled all those she names. She shuffled them. She had a couple <laughs> cards and she shuffled them. Um, unfortunately, tragedy struck again and Blanc died in 1816. So um, then she got married a third time in 1825, which caused the most controversy um, because Leonard Louise Nicolas Lalaurie was a transplant from France. He was a physician. Blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Um, Why did it cause controversy? Because one of their kids from her previous marriage got really sick, and uh, Delphine hired this doctor to try and help her, and then she married him. Oh, yeah. poor taste. Did and, the child die? Um, She was 20 years older than him. Ooh, Ooh. I kind of like that. Girl, girl. Uh-oh. Um, yeah. But he managed to impregnate her. Nothing else could be done but marry her. So he didn't want to marry her. Okay. Um, and blah, 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 blah. So that's why it was controversial. He was her doctor. He was yeah. way younger than her. He wasn't, like, anything special. Yeah. And he knocked her up and they had to get pregnant. So They had to get married. They had to get married. Okay. Um, so they didn't particularly like each other. No, they did not. Um... They constantly argued. They were constantly fighting. Um, the neighbors constantly overheard the couple screaming, whatever, whatever. It wasn't good. And it might have been other things screaming as well. Yes. Well, we will find out. But um, he left, or he packed his bags and left. And so, basically, this is what people say made her go insane. Oh, I thought... Uh, did he leave her for another woman? It just says... Um, he packed his bags and moved out. So this is what people say made her insane. Like mm-hmm. losing her two husbands, having all of these kids, having sick kids, mm-hmm. and then losing this dude, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so after this, rumors started to spread that she was torturing her slaves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what had happened was... Um, Losing her husband had reportedly drove Delphine mad, and the rumor started to spread, right? And an incident in 1833, when a young slave within the household, Layla, fell to her death in the courtyard. All eyes turned to Marine Delphine as an investigation was held by the council. All of her slaves were set free. So after... Shit, that's crazy. I thought there was a fire, and that's how they found them. And then there was a fire at the LaLaurie Mansion. So... She purchased them all back between 1833 and 1834. Also, that's... uh, Okay, whatever. So, on the morning of April 10th, 1834, a fire broke out at the luxurious home by Delphine LaLaurie. The fire not only destroyed part of the house, but it brought to light seven slaves who were starved, tortured, and chained in the upper part of the building. Right. Um, The nearly helpless were carried to the Cabildo? where they received medical treatment, food, and drink. Nearly 2,000 townspeople came to view the victims. Appalled by the wretched sight before them, the people began um, to gather at the LaLaurie Mansion. Um, and they thought they these people who were gathering around the mansion expected the sheriffs to arrest Delphine, right? Mm-hmm. However, nobody ever came to arrest her. Um, as the day went on, no action was taken. So they didn't do anything to her. So what happened is basically... Mobs and pitchforks. Mobs and pitchforks. Yep. Yep. So um, she managed to escape. She got away from them, so they didn't get her. The enraged crowd attacked the now empty residence. They stripped the interior of its valuables, continued their assault by trying to dismantle the whole house. They damaged the walls. They damaged the roof. And by the next morning, they had essentially almost demolished the entire house. Good for them. Yes. Details of the fire in the aftermath as reported by eyewitnesses, emerged in local newspapers during the following week. Blah, 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 blah. And they basically painted LaLaurie as this monster, as a demon in the shape of a woman. Well, yeah, because she was. Yes, and they also called her Fury itself that had escaped from hell. (gasps) Damn. Brutal. Um, The fire was ignited in the kitchen of the mansion, Allegedly started on purpose by a slave woman who had been changed to the stove as punishment. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. The fire seemed to be an attempt at trying to call attention to the deplorable conditions that she and her fellow slaves were forced to endure. 
It worked. It did work, but I do want to put another trigger warning in. We're going to talk about torture right now and experiments done on people, which I know is very upsetting to us, so it's probably going to be very upsetting to y'all. Um, so many of the stories that are told involve slaves being found under extreme conditions after the fire was extinguished. Um, one version begins with the conditions that the slaves were found in when the authorities arrived. It was said that one of the slaves had their bones broken numerous times and set in unnatural positions <sighs> so that when she moved, her limbs remained crooked and bent, her gait reminiscent of a crab's. Oh, no. Yes. Another slave was said to have a hole drilled in his head with a wooden spoon sticking out, <gasps> an obvious attempt to stir the brains of this poor soul. So, like... Uh, fucking Dahmer situation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was he put acid in their he put, brains. Yeah, to try and... Control them. Like a zombie. Um, yet another person was allegedly found with the peeled back so that the tissue and muscle muscle was exposed to the naked uh, eye. See that? Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> that stuff. I can't. With the skin... Oh, I don't like, even know if I can read this. Um, another slave was said to have their intestines removed from their body and wrapped around their naked waist. She used to cover her slaves in honey and fire ants. Uh-huh. And as the legend goes, the lucky ones were the ones who were found dead. So we, if you're wondering why this mansion is fucking haunted, it's because the people in it endured the most disgusting things that you can imagine. Mm. Horrible. So what happened to her? Um... Our ghost tour guides are always asked, whatever happened to Madame LaLaurie? After she left New Orleans, we know she went back to France. So she did okay. get away. Yeah. And she yeah. got away and she went back to France. Her ship docked in Mobile, or Mobile before continuing her journey to Paris. Her death is shrouded in mystery, just as her life was. One popular account was her being killed while hunting boar. <laughs> She's a hunter? I guess so. Other stories report her returning to New Orleans under a new name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except for this story is widely discounted. Yeah. Um, most likely she died in France. Um, there are records kept in France which show she died on December 7th, 1849. Um, and there's lots of letters back and forth between her kids from New Orleans and France and yada, yada, yada. So nobody really knows what happened to her. But for almost 200 years, there have been reports of paranormal activity coming from the LaLaurie Mansion. Yes, let's hear it, yeah. girl. So it shouldn't be surprised that many of the hauntings can be traced back to the slaves that she kept on the property. And rep it's typically reports of moaning coming from the upstairs room where the slaves were kept. Um, phantom footsteps echo through the house regularly. Many people who stand near the house report being like, overwhelmed with negative energy. Ugh. Despite all of the ghost stories and paranormal happenings in the Lollary house, it would be a folly to assume that all of them can be traced back to the slaves. Mm -hmm. So, a tenant of the Lollary mansion because, oh, it was converted into apartments. <laughs> they rebuilt it and fucking converted it into apartments. Oh my god. Um, and So this was in 19... Or, I'm sorry, not, not 1994. Um, 1894, <laughs> um, a tenant of the mansion was found brutally murdered in his room. Whoa. Um, the police assumed he was a victim of robbery. Um, but this happened multiple times. There were, there were people murdered in these, in these converted apartments. Um, I also just kind of feel like... Uh, New Orleans had the highest mortality rate until 1900. Mm -hmm. So people were getting murdered willy-nilly. Yeah. Um, here's a fun fact for you, Grace. For a brief time, uh -oh. it was an all-girls school. <sighs> <sighs> Sign me up. <laughs> oh, shit. It was a primary school. Shit. It was an African-American primary school. What the fuck? Uh-oh. That's not good. Or maybe it was maybe, like a fuck you. Maybe it was a fuck you or like a we're trying to make it right. Either way, I don't like it. And ugh, Within a short time, reports of... So within a short time of it being converted, reports of physical assaults came to light. 
The young girls were known to approach their teachers, tears streaming down their face with their sleeves rolled up. The exposed flesh on their forearms were scratched and bruised. So the teachers would always ask, who did this to you? And the answer was always one and the same. That woman. <gasps> Madame Delphine Lalaurie. Um, the, these girls were too young to probably know who she was. Mm-hmm. And they didn't, they, they, they didn't kn- say her name. Oh, um, that's insane. Um, one must wonder if the girls were playing pranks on each other, whatever, whatever. Um, but that shit is crazy. Um, lots of mediums and psychics have gone yeah. into the house and tried to read it. Um, they always say that there's like huge amounts of sadness mm-hmm. and they just feel spirits Happy. that can't leave the house, mm-hmm. which I think is the saddest part. Because they all died up in that room. Yes. So they're trapped in this mansion and they're all probably, I mean, unfinished business, I guess, but like not being able to pass on. There's more things that have happened. Um, it's kind of been, there's like a lot of, it's become. Isn't it like a museum now? People do tours. Yeah. yeah. So it's, so now you can, um, you can stop by the Lollary Mansion and you can walk around. You can see what's happening. You can take a ghost tour in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people won't step foot in it. I don't know if I would. Because there is a rumor that it's cursed. Oh, so if you go in that you will get cursed as right. well? Yes. Like something bad will happen to you. That's actually a great segue. Are you do you still have No, a lot? I'm done. Um it wouldn't be a New Orleans episode if we didn't talk about Voodoo. Oh, my ass is numb. I know. It's hard sitting on the floor under a table, y'all. Oh, Christ. So, no study of ghostly tales or strangeness in New Orleans would be complete without mention of Marie Laveau, the unchallenged queen of voodoo in New Orleans. This mystical religion is a Mystical religion is a big part of New Orleans as jazz, Cajun food, and Mardi Gras. It's real stereotypical. The only things that New Orleans is known for. <laughs> yes. Um, can I just make a side note and say that my cousin, Emily, preserves cemeteries in New Orleans. Oh, really? Yeah. That's amazing. And her whole mission is to... Like, remove the lore and superstitions and ghost stories from these cemeteries. She's like, these cemeteries are real. There are real people here. There aren't ghosts. People need to look after them. So she, like, her job is to maintain these cemeteries and, like, give these people respect, you know? Because, of course, in the floods, they were severely damaged. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she just won some award. From the Historical Society. That's incredible. Yeah, way to go, Emily Ford. Boop, boop. Okay, so, <laughs> as we talk about our ghost podcast, that she's like, fuck you guys. <laughs> like, it's amazing. Um, so, before you start thinking that voodoo is something of the past, the reader should be aware, or the listener, however, this is still from Prairie Ghost, um, that the religion is alive and well today. On a recent trip to New Orleans... This author, Troy, I think his name is Troy, Okay. Um, visited no, no less than four voodoo shops in a voodoo museum, plus visited with three different voodoo priestesses. Hmm. But there have been no practitioner of voodoo greater than Marie Laveau, and no look at the religion in New Orleans would be complete without a mysterious glimpse of the woman who made it so famous, and the ghostly tales which keep her memory alive to today. So, a little bit about voodoo. The actual religion of voodoo, or voodoo, originated from the ancient practices of Africa. Voodoo came about most likely in the Santo Domingo, modern-day Haiti, where slaves devoted rituals to the power of nature and the spirits of the dead. The term voodoo was most likely adapted from the African fawn spirit, voodoo, V-O-D-U. Okay. For many enslaved Africans, such spiritual traditions provided a means of emotional and spiritual resistance to the hardships of slave life. Okay. 
Well, in, that's probably why it was so prevalent in New Orleans. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, in time, slaves from the Caribbean were brought to New Orleans, and they brought voodoo with them. Okay. The first reference to voodoo in official documents came in 1782 during the Spanish regime in New Orleans. In the document, which tells of imports to the colony, Governor Galvez states these N-words. I'm not going to say it. Jesus Christ. These N-words are too much given to voodooism and make lives of the citizens unsafe. He made an attempt to ban the um, importation of slaves for a brief time. Yeah, so maybe guess, maybe you should have fucking done that to begin with. Yeah. How about how about no slaves, y'all? Or yeah, no slaves at all. Um, and it is likely he felt that he had a good reason. In both 1791 and 1804, a series of slave revolts rocked Haiti. The revolts were based around the practice of voodoo, and they ended with the French being expulsed from the island. Many of the French were now able to escape to New Orleans, and many of them brought their slaves with them. Oh, that sucks. When they finally got the French out of there, they're like, no, I'm taking you with me. Jesus. Um, Now, New Orleans had not only additional voodoo-practicing slaves, but rebellious ones as well. We should have a drinking game. You guys, restart this episode and take a shot every time I say Jesus. (laughs) Um... From the very beginning of the New Orleans colony in 1718, the white colonists had gotten trouble from the beliefs of their black slaves. Shiploads of slaves came through the city on a regular basis and were bought and sold for manual labor and household work, as we know. Mm -hmm. Um, Hundreds and hundreds were brought to America from Africa, packed into ships, and treated like animals. Very sad part of our history. Um, These slaves, most of whom spoke no French, had brought with them their religions and beliefs from Africa and Haiti, but soon learned that they were forbidden to practice their own religion by their masters. Um, Many of them were baptized into the Catholic Church against their will, and later the use of these Catholic icons would play a major role in their new religion of voodoo. Hmm. These icons would take their place, or take their place in the voodoo hierarchy and be worshipped as if they were praying to the god of the catholic church so they were like stand-in gods for their gods right in order for them to practice okay um yeah so yeah many of the catholic saints become stand-ins for important voodoo deities and if you go to a voodoo shop today you will see statues candles and icons depicting various catholic images Wow. So that's why a lot of those prayer candles have saints on them. Right. Um, so it was because they had to practice their religion in secret. Mm-hmm. Um, soon after the introduction of the African slaves to New Orleans, voodoo began to play a major part in the traditions and fears of the general, general populace. It was not long before the white colonists also began to hear of it and to feel its power. By the end of the century... Voodoo was firmly entrenched in the culture of New Orleans. The religion was practiced by the slaves and of the free black as well, and so strong was the power held by the upper echelons of the religion that they could entice their followers to any crime and any deed. Damn. Whether or not these priests held supernatural power or not, the subtle powers of suggestion and of secret drugs made voodoo a force to be reckoned with. Like potions and tonics right. and all that stuff. Right. So, like, basically, the white men were scared that this was magic. Yeah. When it was it was their religion. And it was, I like that they say the subtle power of suggestion. Like, that's how cult leaders work. Right. You know. Right. Very um, charismatic people that can make you believe in things with your whole heart. Yes. Um. So, voodoo was a force to be reckoned with. Masters felt the taste of poison in their food. Women and men, the taste of lust with a handful of powder. And even in death, or an, and even death was held in check by the use of zombie drugs. Really good, like, ground-up horny beetles. <laughs> horny beetles. 
Sporty goat weed. You know what I mean? Right? St. John's wort. Yes. Um, there's no denying that voodoo is real and powerful, and even today it is widely practiced in the South and in the Caribbean islands and even in New Orleans. Well, obviously you just said that, Prairie Ghost. <laughs> okay, so Marie Laveau. The tomb of Marie Laveau in St. Louis Cemetery, number one, devoted followers still leave offerings on the door of her tomb. We need to In the form of exes. Yeah, we have a place to stay with Emily, except she'll give a shit for looking for ghosts. Whatever. (laughs) Um, So, no study of voodoo in New Orleans is complete without the mention of Marie Laveau, the undisputed undisputed queen of voodoo say that 10 times fast undisputed queen of voodoo once (laughs) during her lifetime she was the source of hundreds of tales of terror and wonder in new orleans she was born on santo domingo haiti in 1794 her father was white and she was born a free woman so she was half black so she was around at the same time as lalaurie yes and that's why Horror story did that. Well, yeah, and that's why many think that the Lollary Mansion is cursed. Because of her. Marie Laveau put right. a curse on it. I think. The first record of her in New Orleans was in 1819 when she married Jacques Paris, another free black man. He died in 1826, and Marie formed a liaison with Christophe Galpion, with whom she bore a daughter, also named Marie. These women were obsessed with naming their children after themselves. Seriously. (laughs) During her long life, she lived until 1881. She gave birth to 15 children. Today she'd have her own TV show. (laughs) That same year, Marie embraced the power of voodoo and became the queen of the forbidden but widely practiced culture. She was a hairdresser by trade. And this allowed her many a- her access to many fashionable homes in the city. In this way, she and her daughters had access to an intelligence network that gave Marie her psychic powers. Wow. She knew everything that was going on in the city just by listening to her customers and her employees. So she was in all of these women's homes. Like, yeah. So that's how she picked up on a lot of the the. St- the sitch, the goss. It's still, I was just going to say, you'd still tell your hot goss to your hairdresser. Oh my God, there's better than therapists. Yeah. Just kidding, still see your therapist. Same, I go every Monday. <laughs> Marie became a legend in New Orleans, which is particularly amazing in such a segregated culture, but she was more than just a voodoo pr- practitioner. Marie had an imaginative mind and has been credited with changing voodoo into much more than just an African superstition. Did she maybe make, like, would she make it more mainstream? Yeah. It was Marie who brought the Virgin Mary into voodoo as the central figure of worship. And she borrowed freely um, to bring Catholic traditions into the culture. So she's the one who kind of started the idea of the stand-in Catholic idols. She sounds like a smart woman. Yeah. So many believe that Marie returns to life once each year to lead the faithful in the worship on St. John's Eve. It is also said that her ghost has been seen in the cemetery, and one man claimed that he was slapped by her while walking past one day. It's like a hocus-pocus situation. Yeah. The ghost is always recognizable thanks to the ting-yan, the seven-knotted handkerchief that she wears around her neck. Mm. It is also said that Marie's former home at 1020 St. Anne Street is also haunted. Many claim that they have seen the spirit of Marie and her ghostly followers engaged in voodoo ceremonies there. There is another house that also may harbor Marie's ghost, located in the Chartres Street? Chartres? No, Chartres Street? Chartres? Whatever. It was built in 1807, and according to legend, Marie lived there for a time. Residents of the house claim that an apparition appeared in the house and hovered near the fireplace. They claim that it was the ghost of Marie Laveau. But whether or not her ghost still walks today, one thing's for sure. In the sp- er, one thing is sure. The spirit, in quotes, of New Orleans would not be complete without her. Oh, you get that pun, prairie ghost. <laughs> you do it. So, American Horror Story, I mean, obviously they took a ton of liberty, but... Yeah. They covered a lot of that. I don't think they ever met, though. Right. 
And she didn't no. put a curse on her. She might have. I don't know. There was one story I heard where she... Um, there was a, an African-American, well, African at the time, man who was accused of a crime. Mm-hmm. And she put a spell on the judge by placing three guinea peppers in her mouth and putting it under the judge's chair Mm -hmm. and writing a note on the door that said he is innocent and the man walked free. I love that. Yeah, so like real spells. Yeah, like real witchy shit. Yeah, real voodoo shit. I love it. Okay, so to close us out. Yeah. I kept this a secret. I'm uh, going to do the Axeman of New Orleans. I was going to do him, too. Yeah. So um, I'm going to do the Axeman of New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. Um, so this comes from legendsofamerica.com. Oh, that sounds legit. It sounds legit. It's like it's a very similar to Prairie Ghost situation. Like the background is cream. It's, <laughs> it's really good. Um, Comic Sans. Yes, Comic Sans for sure. Um, okay. So for over a year from May 1918 to October 1919, the city of New Orleans was in a frenzied panic over a roaming serial killer dubbed the Axeman. Um, so basically, for a year, this dude was going around hacking people up with an axe. To sum it up. To sum it up. <laughs> and that's the Axeman of New Orleans. Thank you and good night. Okay. Um, the first to succumb to the sharp blade of the Axeman was um, an Italian grocer named Joseph Maggio and his wife, Catherine, on May 23rd, Christopher's birthday, oh, that 1918. Is his birthday. That day is just, it's. Over and over again in my life. My birthday, the Titanic sank. Really? I share a birthday with Ellen DeGeneres. You're both gay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's why I am. <laughs> um, so as they lay sleeping in their apartment above their grocery store, so this first killing was actually not done all with an axe. He slit their throats with a razor. Oh. And then he bashed their heads in with the blunt end of the axe. Ooh, that's so much worse. It's so much worse. Um, basically, so the police came, they investigated, and they found the bloody clothes of the murderer. So he left his bloody clothes there. And he ran away naked. And he apparently, he obviously changed into a clean set before fleeing. Let's say he was naked. I'm going to say he was running through the streets naked because I think that's what one does in New Orleans. (laughs) (laughs) In New Orleans in 18, or just kidding, 1918, you get naked. Um, so... They ruled out robbery because nothing was taken. Uh, obviously, and robbers don't sadistically kill their right. people. Right, but nothing was taken. I mean, I guess a lot of, I guess I shouldn't generalize serial killers, but sometimes they take... Tokens. Tokens. But that's something personal. It's never usually anything of value. Right. So nothing was missing. Um, a month later... Another couple was attacked on June 27th, 1918. Um, Louis Bessemer, another grocer, mm-hmm. and his mistress. Interesting. Interesting, right? We're starting to see a pattern. And his <laughs> mistress, not wife, Harriet Lowe. I bet the wife wanted to kill him, am I right? No, nah, maybe it was the wife. Maybe the X-Men wasn't an X-Man. Maybe it was an X-Woman. Why are we sexist? Feminism. Feminism. Patriarchy. Down with it. Down with it. I'm just going to repeat everything you said. Um, (laughs) Though badly injured, they were still alive. They'd been struck with an axe. um, So um, Bessemer was struck with an axe above his right temple. And Lo, his mistress, was hacked over the left ear. Eek! So they both survived. Um, They were questioned. And um, so they described the guy. They arrested a dude, but they let him go. Because they found out it wasn't him. This double murder and the other double murder were printed in the newspapers, but more widely printed was the scandal that this was a mistress. So, like, they didn't really take the attack seriously. Oh, they they didn't connect it? No. no. They just, like, printed the scandal of the mistress. Blah, blah, blah. Um, But what sucked is her face was fucking paralyzed. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Oh, shit. Two days later, she died. Okay. 
So she but didn't she, survive her injuries. But she then, but before she died, she told the authorities that she suspected that it was Bessemer who attacked her. The the guy. The dude who was also attacked. So maybe he like made it look like an assault. But so he was charged with murder, and he served nine. He served nine months in prison, but then they acquitted him because the murders kept fucking happening. Okay. Shit. Um, okay, on August 5th, a similar attack was made on Mrs. Edward Schneider, who was, oh, who was eight months pregnant. Woof. Uh, the 28-year-old was laying in bed. She awoke to see a dark figure standing over her, and she was bashed in the face repeatedly <gasps> with the blunt end. So I think that's the hallmark of the murderer. I think the couple might have been a copycat or right. something. Maybe. To make it look like it was part of the axe man. Yeah. So shortly after midnight, she was discovered by her husband who was returning from work. Her scalp had been cut open. Her face was completely covered in blood, but happy ending. She survived and gave birth to her baby girl two weeks later. Oh my God. Healthy baby girl two weeks later. <gasps> she was healthy. Go girl. Good. Um, one man was arrested upon suspicion, but released again. Um, by this time, they began to publicly speculate that the attack was related. So by now, they're like, oh, maybe they're all uh, attached to each other or related to each other. Five days later, another grocer, damn, he probably got like a bad cut of meat somewhere. Yeah, what's going on or, like, with the had, grocer? I don't know. Another grocer named Joseph Romano was attacked on August 10th. Oh, I bet, I bet he was a bagger at a grocery store and he had a really shitty manager. I bet you you're damn right. You're damn right. <laughs> Um, so he was an elderly grocer. He lived with his two niece. Um, the girls entered Romano's room to find that he had taken a serious blow to the head and they saw the assailant fleeing the house. Um, though he was seriously injured, he was able to walk to the ambulance once it arrived, but he died two days later. Okay. The girls were able to give a brief description, a dark skinned, heavy set man who wore a dark suit and a slouched hat. So other clues that the crime was similar to the other ones, obviously the scenes were often ransacked, but nothing was ever stolen. Um, the killer used hatchets and blades, and a majority of the victims were Italian grocers. So he clearly got some bad salami. Yeah. And some was bad on a, prosciutto. And was on a rampage, yes. Um, or he just hated Italians. Yes. He might have just been a racist. Big ol' racist. Big ol' racist. Um, so the police were um, inundated with reports from citizens claiming they had seen an axe man lurking in neighborhoods, axes found in backyards, and doors and windows that appeared to have been tampered with all over the city. So basically the city was in a panic at this point. Right. Um, people began to carry loaded shotguns, and family members took turns watching over their families at night. Um, one report alleged that the axe man was masquerading as a woman. Woo! Yeah. So the people were afraid. They were determined to protect themselves. Um, but somehow, he killed a few more times, but then they just stopped. Maybe he got killed. Yeah, it just stopped. So over the month, the fear waxed and waned in neighborhoods, and everything kind of returned to normal on March 10th, 1919. But then, or everything returned to normal over the like the next couple of months, but then on March 10th, 1919, the axe man struck again. Whoa. So maybe Tar- he was like in jail for a year. But that's that's a pattern of serial killers. Oh, is to like stop. To stop. And start again? Yes. Yeah. Especially in such a short time frame. Yes. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Right. Um, so Charles Cordomiglia was an immigrant and a grocer who lived with his wife, Rosie, and his two-year-old daughter, Mary. Um screams were coming um, from the residents in the early mornings and a neighborhood grocer um, Orlando Giordano rushed across the street to investigate and he had found that all three of them had been attacked so he even attacked the two-year-old daughter oh what a fuckhead yeah Rosie had awakened to find her husband struggling with a large man wielding an axe when her husband fell to the floor the assailant turned on her as she held her daughter and begged for their lives the killer slammed the axe down on both the mother and the daughter. <gasps> Fuck. No. Rosie had a serious head wound and her daughter was killed. Oh my God. I know. Um, the couple was rushed to the hospital, so Charles was alive as well. The couple was rushed to the hospital and they were both treated, treated for skull fractures. Charles was released two days later um, and his wife, um, she was okay as well. 
Good. So unfortunately, they horrifically they lost their daughter. Um, Rosie said the attack was made by the neighbor. Like she identified him. Yeah, and his eighteen-year-old son Frank. I wouldn't be surprised if there were a lot of copycats. You know. Like, yeah. So, but they're saying so the neighbor he was seventy years old, and he was in way too poor of health to committed crimes. Okay. And it also said he was way too big to fit through the panel in the back door. That so that maybe it was his son. But they arrested them both anyway. And though Charles said, my wife is not right. Really? Yeah, he denied it. He was like, no, I don't think so. But they were charged, and they would later be found guilty. Whoa, what the fuck? Yep, the son was sentenced to hang and his father (gasps) to life in prison. And after this trial, Charles divorced his wife and was like, you're an asshole, I'm out. Yeah. And so a year later, Rosie reversed her claim, stating that she had falsely accused the two out of jealousy and spite. Were they like rival grocers? Oh, no. <laughs> guys' grocery games? It's, is it like, it's either like a guys' grocery game situation or is it like a West Side Story situation? Like, when you're a jet, you're a jet. Exactly. That's what I'm picturing. Um, <laughs> right, get ready for a rumble. But anyway, they were both released. So, so after this people were in a panic again mm-hmm. and the long and the short of it is here's the where shit gets crazy on march 14th 1919 the newspaper today's march 14th tomorrow tomorrow <gasps> um they the newspapers got a letter oh no like the zodiac was, the zodiac situation yes um okay Oh, hell. March 13th, 1919. That's today. That is today. Esteemed mortal. Is that who it's addressed to? Yes. <laughs> and it says hell. March 13th, 1919. Oh, so like that's, that's where the it's setting? From. Oh, God. Esteemed mortal. They have never caught me, and they never will. They have never seen me, for I am invisible, even as the ether that surrounds your earth. I am not a human being, but a spirit and a demon from the hottest hell. Woof! I am what you Orleans, Orleans, and your foolish police call the Axeman. When I see fit, I shall come and claim other victims. I alone know whom they shall be. I shall leave no clue except my bloody axe, besmeared with blood and brains of he whom I have sent below to keep me company. Oh, shit! This can I say that he would probably do very well in a creative writing class? <laughs> oh, God. Um, I wish, um, if you wish, you may tell the police to be careful not to rile me. Of course, I am a reasonable spirit. I take no offense at the way they have conducted their investigations in the past. In fact, they have been so utterly stupid as to not amuse me, but his satanic majesty, Francis Joseph, etc., what? what? But tell them to beware. Let them not try to discover what I am, for it is better that they are they were never born than to incur the wrath of the axe man. I don't think <laughs> I just keep thinking of like a guitar. I don't think there is any need to have such a warning, for I feel sure the police will always dodge me as they have in the past. They are wise and know how to keep me away from harm. So basically, this goes on and on and on. And he is just like, blah, 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 blah. Don't do this because, and he's like, I am in close relationship with the angel of death. So let's just say he's schizophrenic. He's schizophrenic. Now, here's the best part. Now, to be exact, at 12.15, to be exact, at 12.15, earthly time, Mm. on next Tuesday night, I'm going to pass over New Orleans in infinite mercy, and I'm going to make a little preposition to you, the people, and here it is. Is this the jazz music? Yes. Yes! I am very fond of jazz music, and I swear by all the devils in the nether regions that every person shall be spared in whose home a jazz band is in full swing at the time I have just mentioned. If everyone has a jazz band going, well, then, so much better for you people. One thing is certain... And that is that some of your people who do not jazz it on Tuesday night (laughs) will get the axe. Jazz it! Jazz it! 
Well, I am cold and I crave the warmth of my natus Tartarus, and it is about time I leave your earthly home. I cease, I will cease my discourse, hoping that thou will publish this, that I may go well with thee. I have been and am and will be the worst spirit that has ever existed in fact or realm of fancy. Sincerely, the Axe Man. Where now? So basically, on this night, everything was quiet. People lived in fear and they just played jazz. So on that night, every restaurant, every club, every everything, every house was playing jazz. That's kind of fucking awesome. It's kind of fucking awesome. <laughs> Do you think that's what this guy did? He was like, listen, I want to hear jazz everywhere in this city, so I'm going to kill a shit ton of people. No, I don't think that was No? It. No. That wasn't his end? No, that no, wasn't no. his end game? No, 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 no. Maybe I just was... think he wanted to exercise his power yes. over the city. Absolutely. And be like, hey, guess what? I can get all these white folk to play Yeah, for jazz sure. Music. So, um... That happened, and everything was fine. Everything was quiet. He didn't come that night, but then on August 10th, 1919, he attacked another grocer. What's to... Ah, I am so confused by this grocer connection. Yeah. He So his name was Frank or Steve Boca. He survived. Um, Boca like Boca Burger? Like Boca Burger. Um, he ran to his neighbor's house where he lost consciousness and collapsed. Um, he was treated for his injuries, but he was unable to remember his attacker. Okay. Um... It fit, fit the bill. Same mm-hmm. thing happened on September 2nd. A local druggist. Same, close enough. Same thing. Um, basically the same thing. So, like, in the pharmacy, in the grocery store. You know. Yeah. Um, William Carson escaped mm-hmm. the attack. He was attacked as well. He escaped. The next night, a young girl named Sarah Lauman was attacked with an axe in her home that was locked. Okay. She was unconscious. She had a head injury. She was missing several teeth. Yikes. Ugh. She recovered. So this dude really wasn't in it for, like... Killing people. No. He, he was, just wanted to mess them up. He was not up. pulling a Mortal Kombat here. No. You know? um, Get Orleans, over here! Get over here! Um, New Orleans was in a state of hysteria, and then nothing for two months. And then the last the last final attack was a grocer God named damn it. Mike Pepitoni. On Pepitoni! A- Pepitoni! Oh, um, on October 27, 1919. You can say that because you're Italian. I am Italian. I'm half. Um, he, he, he murdered him. Mm. And, but his wife and six children were safe. She saw the axe man, but she didn't have, she couldn't recollect it. And there, they literally have never, ever figured out who the axe man was he was never seen or heard from again so after pepitoni's murder oh god that was it <laughs> and he was just gone gone and he so went back to hell his he, home that's what well that's what people think yeah people genuinely think and i'm not going to argue this that he was a demon yeah that came up from hell and spent went, a year murdering spent a year murdering and went back down i and believe it so obviously there's lots of um, great ghost stories that people tell about him just all pertaining to bitch you better play jazz on certain dates so to this day on March 19th people in New Orleans play jazz isn't that um, Marie Laveau's birthday was it? Yeah. this is so weird so many weird dates Jeez, maybe March that's why is a weird maybe month. that's why he picked March 19th no maybe no? Maybe? I don't know. Probably not, but let's say All of these dates are in March. It's kind of nuts. Yeah. And it's March right now. Oh, my God. Maybe that's why we chose to do this in March. Ooh. Because our Haunted Ireland fell flat. Yeah, we were going to do Haunted Ireland, but we figured everyone was going to do it since St. Patrick's Day is this weekend. Yeah, and, well, we're not doing anything. (laughs) Maybe. We'll see. I'm going to bed early. Yeah, probably not, but... New Orleans, man. Fuck. We're going. Yeah. What are you watching? What have you watched? Oh, yeah. Um, I finally watched Veronica. Did you like it? I fucking loved it. Vero, Vero, Vero. Vero, Vero, Vero. Um, it was great. Um, I... The little kid with the Coke bottle glasses. Oh, my God. What a precious pup when he has his little ears plugged. Yeah, he's like, it's not me. It's not me. Oh, my God. This is such a good movie. It was great. Um... I read a bunch of articles about people saying it was the scariest movie on Netflix. That was just some PR shit. Y'all, it was good. Um, I saw Annihilation. 
Oh, right. You've been... Oh, my God. Your brain has not been the same. You guys, I'm going to read the book. I have it if you want a copy. M- Jared has it. My but roommate. he won't let you borrow it. Yeah, he will. I just have to read it in the house. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Annihilation was the weirdest movie I've ever seen in my life. Um, it was really good. It does have some horror aspects to it. Mm-hmm. It's more sci-fi. Um, it's got an alien situation, so it was right up my alley. But something that I think it will help people when they watch the movie is it's a metaphor for cancer. Mm. Which I didn't know until after the movie when I read a little bit. That's not a spoiler alert. I think it'll actually help. Yeah. Um, the last 15 minutes are the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm I, excited. I, my mouth was open the whole time. Like, what the fuck is happening? That sounds like Mother. Yes. If you've ever seen um, The Fountain, which is my favorite movie of all time, um, it's got a similar vibe to The Fountain. Okay. Which is that movie with Rachel Weisz and Hugh Jackman. It's unbelievable. I've never seen it. It's, I own it on DVD, y'all. I'll give it to you. I don't have a DVD um, player. What are you talking computer. about? Computer. You can put it in your I don't computer. have a drive. I don't have one of your old-ass MacBooks. Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's another one. Take a Take shot. Take a shot. Um, what have you been watching? Okay, so I watched... Today, I watched The Tall Man. Okay. With Jessica Biel. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? Mm-mm. It was very much not what I was expecting. It took a weird... Is it horror? Yes. Okay. It took Netflix? a Netflix? Uh, Shutter. I have Shutter. a Shutter subscription. I highly recommend it. Oh, okay. On Amazon. Hey, Shutter, sponsor us and give our listeners a code. <laughs> yeah. How do we get codes for you guys? I don't know. Help <laughs> us out. Um, it was pretty good. It took a weird turn. It was not the ending I expected. It took like two sharp turns. Okay. Um, and I liked it. It didn't get the best ratings, but what give horror movies do? Give me a thirty-second synopsis. Um, so it's an old mining town and kids keep disappearing and there's the local lore is that they're taken by the tall man. Okay. So it's like the OG Slender Man. Got it. Pre-internet. Love it. Um, but that's not at all what is happening. Um, and I just wanted to say a fun fact. You know the movie we were talking about last week, Unsane? Mm -hmm. Was filmed 100% on an iPhone. I told you it looked low budget, but good. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Cool. Get. I know. Our animals are attacking the tent. It's because we have a flashlight. It's true. The cat just, is just going nuts. Mm. All right, guys. So follow us on Google Gang Podcast on Instagram at Google Gang Pod 666 on Twitter. Check out our shirts. Maybe buy one. Uh, we've got a couple orders already, and uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's going well. Um, Check us out on our Facebook group. You have to request to join. Yeah. And uh, other than that, we hope you have a safe St. Patrick's Day. Don't get too drunk, you idiots. Be careful. (laughs) Play some jazz. Okay? Oh, wait. Play jazz on the 19th. Yes. Or the Axeman's gonna get you creepy real. Bye. Bye.